All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast, Thanksgiving week edition. Yes, it is Thanksgiving week in the United States and doing something special today. I thought we'd talk about the thanks process. This is the what I talk about in most of the programs that I do as far as creating that culture of appreciation in the workplace so that you can keep your top talent from becoming someone else's. And this is so important in manufacturing because not only is it so difficult to find people who number one, want to come into manufacturing and want to stay in manufacturing, we also wanna create the type of culture that makes people want to stay with us. And by looking at the six steps of the thanks process, by the end of our time together, hopefully you'll have some ideas that you can start implementing, not only throughout the holidays, but all year long. So when we look at the acronym thanks, of course, I'm an acronym girl, so (laughs) that's just the way my mind processes, but it's the correct order because the T stands for trust. What is it that you're doing with your team to establish trust? There's too many times that you're thinking about, oh, let's try this new product. Let's try this new program. Let's do this new engagement initiative. And your employees are thinking, oh, no, one more thing that they're going to try to bring us in to try to get more productivity, to try to squeeze more effort out of us. And after a couple of weeks, when it doesn't work, you drop that and you go right back to doing something else. Find one thing that works. Find something that works for you and make a commitment to doing that. Listening to your employees, asking them for the things that they want to see. Now, sometimes that can be really scary because you're thinking that they're going to say, well, I want $10 more an hour and I want to work three days a week or I want to work remote. And it's like, well, you work in manufacturing, got to kind of show up and run the equipment, can't be working remote. But we look for ways to build those relationships by that consistency, by that transparency. Too many times managers believe that employees are only out for to serve their own self-interests. And unfortunately, employees believe that management is also out to have their own self-interests. So when we create the type of culture where both sides can see that we're working together for the benefit of each other, then we can establish trust. Your employees aren't necessarily going to like everything that you tell them, but if they know that you're coming from a place of transparency, that you're coming from a place of their own good, that you're looking out for the organization and what you're trying to create there, then over time, things will start to change. Now, your culture took a long time to build. It is certainly not going to change overnight. And that's the thing with building trust because we know that it takes a long time to establish and it can be evaporated in an eye roll. So think of some of the things that you're doing that can establish that trust. 
or that you've already built trust with some of your top team members. The H in thanks is how do you help your employees? How do you help them to be better tomorrow than they are today? This is investing in your team members. And there's way too many times that people say, if I spend all that money on training, those employees are just going to take all that, that investment and they're just going to leave and go somewhere else. Let me ask you, what if you don't invest in them and they stay? No employee ever quit because of too much training. And as we're having millennials and Gen Z in the workplace and Gen Alpha following them, professional and personal investment are the things that these people are looking for. And it's just not skills training in the plant as far as what they're going to use. It's personal development as well. Looking at that employee as a whole, holistically, what is it that you can do for them that's going to make them better in every aspect of their life? Look at it from that standpoint. I was speaking at an HR conference and I asked the question, how do you invest in your employees? And a woman raised her hand and she said that they give every employee $1,500 a year to invest in whatever personal or professional development they wanted. Yes, just like you're doing right now, you could almost see the heads of the accounting managers exploding as they were trying to figure out, Lisa, we have 500 employees here. We don't have that kind of money laying around. And I asked her, I said, what percentage of your employees take advantage of that? So just think for yourself, you're giving your employees $1,500, they can invest it however they want. What is the percentage of employees that you believe would take advantage of that? Got a number? The actual number when I asked her was three to 5%. So you're giving a benefit to all of your team members and yet only a small percentage of them are actually going to take you up on it. And you know who those people are? Those are your future leaders. Those are the people that you keep an eye out for. And there's lots of different ways that you can incorporate training in your facility. You can have lunch and learns. Now there's tens of thousands of hours of video being uploaded to YouTube on a daily basis. Finding a topic that your employees want to talk about, that they want to learn about, and have that same conversation with each other so that they can grow and develop together. It's a really inexpensive way, maybe cost you a lunch, and that's about it, to have that kind of in-house training. Providing resources to your employees and teaching them how to use those resources in case they haven't picked up a book since junior high or high school, a nonfiction book, I should say. You can do training in-house and create a learning culture. You can also bring in somebody from the outside. Yes, that is a shameless plug. But if you think about the fact that when you bring somebody in that your employees aren't used to seeing on a daily basis, the chances are good that they will hear things differently from that person. Think about sending your employees to your industry's trade show. Not only is it a great recruiting tool because they're going to be talking about it to their friends when they go to the bar next Friday and talking about this great event that their 
company just invested in them to do. And their friend's going to be like, wow, how do I work for a company like that? But it also gives your employees the opportunity to see what's going on in the market, what's going on in the competition, what's going on with their customers. So they will become even more committed to your company and to your industry so that they stay in it. So we're building trust and we're helping our employees to be better tomorrow than they are today. Next, we go on to acknowledge, applaud, and appreciate our employees, catching them in the act of doing things well and recognizing them immediately for their actions. And I'm not saying that, that you have to just to go around and give trophies all day long for people, but it's specifically acknowledging them for the work that they do. Instead of saying, hey, great job, you know, what was so great about it? You're paying attention. I really appreciate the fact that you stayed after your shift and you helped us to get that order out. Customer was really happy and we just appreciate you very much. So you're letting your employees know that you are paying attention to the things that they're doing. There's all kinds of things that you can do, but one of the most effective is to come up with your own all about me sheet. And this can be a survey that you can find out from your employees as far as, you know, what's your favorite candy bar? What's your favorite gift card? What's your hobby? What's your favorite restaurant? Because that way it gives you the opportunity to personalize your recognition of them. Because it's really easy to go to your local coffee shop and get a couple hundred dollars worth of $10 gift cards so you can get, pass those out to your employees. But what if they don't like that brand of coffee? What if they don't like coffee? Some people don't. So you're finding ways to specifically recognize them. And also, it's not about the money. It's not making some big grand gesture. Because if you're giving away too much money in the, the, these prizes or whatever that you're giving, it actually can be a demotivator. Because the rest of the employees are going to be like, well, how come he got that? How come she got that? I work just as hard. But nobody's going to begrudge that employee a $25 gas card because they went above and beyond. Look for ways to incorporate peer-to-peer -peer recognition as well. Because what that does is it also gives accountability throughout the whole shop, throughout the whole department. Sometimes you may have employees that they are performing their peak when you are around as their manager. And then the second the manager walks out, they are going back right back to their slacker ways. <laughs> if you have some kind of peer-to-peer -peer recognition going on, catching people in the act of doing things well, acknowledging each other, now you have not only more accountability built in, but you're also helping your employees to build stronger relationships with each other. So think about some of the ways that you can start to recognize your employees and do that consistently. Using the All About Me sheet, maybe putting together an employee experience team so that that team has the power to go and interview employees and find out the ways that they like to be recognized. If you're doing company functions, put a committee in charge of that made up of employees because that way they get to 
take accountability, take responsibility for it. And they also get to see how many details go into planning these type of events. So we're building trust, we're helping our employees, and we're acknowledging, applauding their efforts. Next, the N, we're going to navigate work-life integration. Face it, these last 19, 20 months that we have been in this worldwide pandemic, a lot of times our priorities have changed. Maybe you had some of your team that were working remote. Maybe they are still dealing with the issues of their kids in school, having an immunocompromised person in the house, all of these different fears that are going on. Time is the most valuable asset that you have to share with your employees. And having some kind of flexibility in your scheduling these days is key. Finding out what would make their lives a little bit easier if they're coming in a half hour early or leaving or coming in a half hour late, whatever it is, so that you have that communication going and people know what to expect when it comes to that. You can have lots of flexibility. It just comes down to making sure that you know from a communication standpoint. Realize that if you have employees that have been working remote, taking that away from them and demanding them to come back to the shop the full time is probably not going to play out well for you. People want to have that flexibility and know that you trust them, empower them to make their own decisions, to keep their own schedule. As long as the work is getting done, does it really matter when or where or how that work gets done? It's getting done. And in most cases, when you empower your employees with that type of flexibility, you're taking into consideration that there is more in their life than just the job. And you're looking for ways to give them tools for that work-life integration. Again, you're going to have a much more committed, loyal team. Trust, help, applaud, navigate. Now we get to know our employees. Now, there are going to be some of your employees that they don't want you to know anything about them. They want to keep their work and their personal life separate. Those people seem to be fewer and far between. But your employees want to know that you care about them as a person. You've heard the saying before that people don't quit their jobs, they quit their bosses. And if they have a boss that who is indifferent to them, that doesn't take the time to get to know them, to get to know a little bit about them, to even greet them by name, find out how they're doing, the chance of keeping them is much smaller. So again, you can use that all about me sheet. You can find out things about your employees. You can have them share in your meetings Starting off the meeting by sharing good news, for example. Number one, it kicks the meeting off on a much more positive note, but it also gives your employees the opportunity to get to know things about each other because it doesn't have to be all plant-related That with the good news that they're sharing. They can share what's going on with their kids, with their family, with their vacation, whatever it is that they have, and then we're allowing these other relationships to form. 
uh, Gallup organization, when they take a look at what constitutes a highly engaged employee, one of the things is that that person has a best friend at work, not a good friend, not people they tolerate, but a best friend. So when you create those opportunities for people to get to know each other during work hours, after work hours, it makes it much harder for them to quit because they don't want to leave their best friend behind. So we've built trust. We've helped our employees. We've acknowledged their efforts. We've navigated that work-life integration. We get to know our employees and we serve a greater mission. You're just not making pieces, parts, or components at your plant. You are contributing to something, whether it be life-saving equipment in a hospital, whether it be working on airplanes, the grocery stores, whatever it is, we break it down into that greater good. Employees want to feel that they are contributing to a mission that is greater than them. Think about things that you can do to share that with your employees. I had one of my clients, they are a spring manufacturer. And what they had is every week they would take one spring and it would be a part of the week. And they would hang that up on the wall and they would show the, the spring that they were making. And then they would show a picture of where that spring went. So the people on the line are seeing that I'm not making just a spring, I'm contributing to this bigger piece of equipment. I'm contributing to building this. So you're getting that immediate gratification and not even just that, but what are you as an organization doing to give back? Are you allowing your employees to get involved in, in charitable opportunities? Are there organizations that your company contributes to. There's apps for that, that you can have your employees choose a charity that they want to support, build a team and go off, whether it be once a quarter, twice a year, once a year, whatever it is, that they're giving the opportunity to give back. Because when you look at the research that surrounds volunteerism, for example, there forms a different type of connection. Employees feel good about doing that, which makes them feel even better about working for your organization. Getting your employees involved in the process, maybe having people submit their favorite charities, their favorite organizations, and then voting on which ones your company is going to support during this particular time. So many things that you can do. And these are all, of course, will go over the long term. So in this week of Thanksgiving, think about what you can do to thank your employees, building that trust, helping them to be better tomorrow than they are today, acknowledging their efforts by catching them in the act of doing things well, navigating work-life integration, building flexibility as much as you can to give that precious commodity of time to your employees, getting to know them as people, getting to know their likes, what lights them up, and finally, serving a greater mission. I'm Lisa Ryan. I appreciate you. 
and wish you and yours the happiest of Thanksgiving this week and an upcoming holiday season as well. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.